This episode of the Kuu Muay Thai Podcast is brought to you by PMTLifestyle.com, authentic Muay Thai lifestyle by Kuu. Definitely go check out the website at PMTLifestyle.com for some awesome lifestyle merchandise. That's for those of you out there either involved in Muay Thai, looking at getting involved in Muay Thai, and embrace a healthier lifestyle to live the life of Nak Muay. Go check it out. Here with... So how do you pronounce your last name? Pease, like the Pease. vegetable. I, Mark Pease. Okay, that's what I thought. But <laughs> you're saying people call you Peasy. Yeah, that's the nickname, huh? That's just it, yeah, but people have rolled it. Yeah. Rather than call me Mark, my, my real name, they call me by my surname. <laughs> just yeah. add to it. Yeah. So you're here. You're in we're in Ventura at Academy in Ventura too. Yep. Uh, stopping by. Just saw you in Bangkok. Was that in December? Uh, December the 5th, the December King's 5th. birthday. King's Cup birthday, yeah. right? The so, King's birthday over at the waterfront over at Asia Teak. Yeah. That was freaking awesome, man. Beautiful, beautiful. It was so funny to see you guys there too. Well, Matt said, oh, so this guy who wants to meet you. I said, who? He goes, Jonathan from, oh, so I knew who, how do you pronounce it's it? It's Pu'u. Pu'u. Yeah. Okay. And which means. It's Hawaiian for Hawaiian. I thought it was Hawaiian because yeah. I tried to have a look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a. Uh, it was cool to see your fighter perform one yeah. by back elbow, right? Yeah, spinning back elbow. He yeah, won the WMC Cruiserweight World title. And what's your fighter's name? Uh, Jaden Enoid. Jaden Enoid. Yeah. And then the week before that, right? Or was it two uh, weeks before that? Uh, nine days. Nine, nine days, days before, before that. Yeah. You were in Japan. No, we were in Melbourne, Australia. In Mel- it was Mel- that was in Melbourne? Yeah, when Chad won the WBC. Oh, okay, okay. Lightweight World title, yeah. Nice. And who was that against? He fought a guy by the name of Yod IQ PK Sanchai. So, uh, a good stadium fighter, a very good stadium fighter, but um, not used to the um, international the international scene yet. So, yeah. he, he will be a good fighter eventually, but I just felt, you know, personally on my own, I sort of had a fight plan in place. Myself and Chad, we spoke about what we thought would work, and it worked yeah. quite comfortably. <laughs> what was that plan? Well, being so a stadium much, yeah. fighter, they're going to sort of come out, as you probably know as well. Yeah. Rounds one and two really are non-existent. Excellent. Uh, getting your feel, getting your range and things like that, just seeing what your fighter's good at and so forth. And they tend to pick the game up in about the third. So I said to Chad, come round one, as soon as that touch your gloves, I said, I want you to be on him and in his face religiously and don't give him a chance to start. So first round, you could see old mate didn't know what to do. He was trying to throw kicks, but more on a retaliation than anything else. Mm. So we felt we had two good rounds head start. So by the third round, when he decided to come out, Chad picked the game up again. We went even harder. And that's when Chad was landing some really good elbows and knees. So, you know, that, that stadium tend to be a, a good single shot or a good thing, whereas mm. Chad was threes and fours. Mm. And by the fourth end of the fourth round, you could just tell that Yod OQ, he knew he'd been beaten. He'd, want, he'd had enough. It broke. He had a broken nose. Uh, the left eye was closing. So he, he really got beat he up. He took a beating, yeah. yeah he took a beating. So. Uh, Chad really... Uh Wanted to show that he was, that was his title, huh? Well, I, th- I think because a lot of people um, thought that uh, Yod would be comfortable on against Chad. Uh, and I've sort of said, as I said to you in the car, I believe at this present stage at 63.5 kilos, I believe Chad's the best fighter in the world at yeah. that at this present moment. Yeah. And um, hopefully we can ride that success for a little bit longer. Yes, um, yeah. And, but, you know, we're, you know, once you're up there, there's only one way you can go. You can't go up any higher. You're going to have to come back down eventually or someone's going to come out and take over. So mm. at the moment we're on top and we want to continue there for a little bit longer. 
Yeah, I, I can see that happening and just like what we're talking, yeah. what you're doing and your coaching stuff, which is like we were just talking about. I'm like, yo, can I, can I pull the mic out and just start with yeah, talking? Yeah, So I really like that when it comes into coaching mm-hmm. and the structure you have, it yeah. sounds like you're saying like you have a mentorship for your coaches. Yeah. So we do something similar here for like people to help build them up a little bit. Yeah. And that way they can and have somebody to be accountable to and how to build up the next generation. Right? Yeah. So when did you start that? Um, well, I've been coaching and fighting since 1988. That's <laughs> a long time. Yeah, when you started in 1988, was it Muay Thai or? Was yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Muay Thai. Thai. Yeah, and where, who was that with? Um, it was Bob Jones Karate Association were coming to Thailand down to Pattaya to Sichitong. Oh, and that's in shit. the early days. Yeah. And he was trying to structure it to have a system very similar to karate all out the front doing the strikes. But at, back then it worked. But then we went to a fight show and I watched the fight. And when I saw the fight, I said to my instructor, because I was a young kid at the time, I, I want that's what I want to do. He yeah. says, I can't teach you that. So myself being a very uh, intuitive person, I decided that it's, um, I'll do this myself. So I decided to start doing it myself with another guy, a young, young kid from school, uh, Stephen Roston. And then, then and lucky enough, we had a guy that wanted to come and train with us who was a boxer. So we were showing him how to kick. He was showing us how to box a bit better. Mm. We started putting things together and, you know, look, it was raw back then, but yeah. we did you it. Gotta, you got to start. We got to yeah. start, yeah. yeah. And it worked. <laughs> so, and you'd been to Thailand and stuff like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Thailand was the first time in 1992. 1992. Yeah. And that was probably the biggest cult shock of my entire life. Where where did you go? Uh, we landed in Bangkok and, as I said, with my friend Tim Damajiva, who's uh, – the Sitsong Penong owner. Uh, he was involved with Fairfax at the time, but he wanted to take us to where grassroots began. So mm-hmm. we went to a gym up in Kanchanaburi on a sugar plantation. And when I mean sugar plantation, we're talking the gym was on a concrete floor with a pillar box. The bags were old. They looked like they were about 80 years old, the bags with big dents in them. If you didn't kick that dent, you'd hurt your leg. Simple mm-hmm. as that. So we learnt the grassroots uh, the, the hard way, you know. And yeah. that, but that was good because it paved the way for the future generations of, you know, look, don't do this, do this, go, don't go there, go here. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to work quite a lot. Yeah, with, uh, you know, having that time back in town, how much has changed since then? Oh, like we were just talking about the, you know, I can see on the river front where the King's Cup was yeah. at. So then it was like it was dirt roads. Mostly, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It of was dirt roads. Road. Yeah. I can remember going to a King's uh, birthday show probably around about it was either 1999 or 2000. Uh, back then it was guys like Arona was fighting um, – who else was fighting? Samrak. All those guys were fighting back mm. then on the King's Cup. And there was about 100,000 people. It was, I can't even where it was. But it was down the river, but it was it was dirt. Everywhere was dirt. So it was good. But to see what where it was to where it is now, it's, you know, as I said before, the sport's evolving uh, in a way that uh, it's more palatable for people to watch. You know, as I said, we, we spoke about at the stadiums now with – you know, a yeah. DJ, female DJ behind playing music. Before it was like frowned upon for women to be even closer. Yeah. It's, it's like a and, big, it's a big shift. Yeah, and now yeah. with a big screen behind her and she's playing music. It's like, what? where am I, in a nightclub or I'm at a fight show? Yeah. It's, you know, it's... My students were making jokes about going to go tip the guys who are playing the music. You know, I'm like, you should. Yeah. Was, that, before they used to be quiet between the rounds. Now they're hearing, like, yeah. you know, loud music. Yeah. It's weird to see the, like, the culture shift 
with that yeah because it's like this is thailand still this is not yeah. the west no no and which you can see in western shows like yeah it made sense yeah but then you're in thailand and you're having a western experience in thailand yes in, yeah. in a way but there's yeah. still these badass fighters that are here mm-hmm. like you know the thai fighters and stuff like that but it has like that western production i it. think because of the you know people like matt lucas uh influences that have got and fair, i think fairtex and chatry from one of you know they all come together and they've said look if we don't change something, it's it's going to fall apart. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to survive. We're not going to survive. And, and uh, to be honest with you, I, I probably do believe it. Mm. Do I like what's happened? Uh, being from the old purist form, mm, I'm still up in the air about it. Yeah. Uh, do I like it? it? Look, it's opened up a lot of doors for a lot of my fighters and so forth with the different concepts, the smaller gloves, the three rounds, so it makes it more exciting for the fights, mm. uh, for the viewers to watch. The DJ between rounds, they're still hard to take, but, you know, the, the guys like it, the girls like it. So yeah. is it, you know, has it helped? Yeah, it's helped. Yeah. It definitely helped. Yeah, but I, I, like I said, I'm kind of in the same boat as you because, mm. like, the people that I brought over have never been to Thailand. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's, yeah. it was way different. I'm like, look, there's all stuff that's covered up back <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, it's just, it, and I, I'm, like, still not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. And, like, I, but like you said, it, it brings more to the sport yeah and more eyes on it so yeah like it, i think they've brought it to, uh, to a different public you yeah. know before you know like like i can go there now and you'll see people are there in suits uh, and like before there was no one in suits there it was everyone was sort of t-shirts and thongs everyone's gambling the whole thing sure the crowds aren't as big but they are getting bigger again if there was a guy in a suit it was probably mafia and you probably <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. but now there's you know something they're taking their wife out to, you know to a meal or something beforehand then going to the fights and watching you know and, and enjoying it so it's is it different yeah it's different but do i think it's good I'm still out to lunch. You know? Yeah, but you know, you can already see it's it's starting to uh, grow in a big way. Yeah, Georgia, if you want to take a seat, you can take a seat. So if you want, yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of with your gym. So you went full time into so that it was a, always called Strike Force. Yes, yeah, so in 2016 or uh, full time. Yes, yeah, so I, I think. We're either, if not the longest running Muay Thai gym in Australia, we're in the top three. But I, I do believe we are the longest running. I think it's a couple of ties uh, in Perth, uh, Pond's gym, uh, Pond Mart D. Uh, he used to bring all the, he started bringing guys like Ted Kiet, Johnson Arn, um, Sancho, that he brought them out in the early. No, the very early nineties. So it was good, real yeah. good back then. So, but I, I do believe I'm the oldest running gym. Like running in like yep. a single, like single yeah. owner. Yep, kind of yep, yep, yep. yep. So, uh, and where's your gym in Australia? We're on the Gold Coast. Um, so it's in between Brisbane and Byron Bay. Um, we're on the beach, a bit like this one here at Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a tourist town, but yeah, we we love it. There's yeah. a lot of gyms in the area there. Yeah, is it? So is there? Uh, like you guys aren't the only Muay Thai gym there. You got, no, you got no, many, no, no, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no. Your base is like oh, this. If I said in a square five kilometers, I would say there would be probably another six or seven Muay Thai gyms. So when did that happen? Has it always been like that? No, we'll see. In 1988, I was it on the Gold Coast. That was me. And then from there, Boonshu came in around about 92, 93, and they were close to us at Mermaid Beach. And then he moved to Burley Heads, and then I moved to Burley Heads, and we're both in the same locations. We've been now for the last 15 years. Mm. So we've both been in the same spots. But since we've got there, now there's other gyms opening up. You know, like I would say 
a kilometre. I've got three, mm. three other gyms in the area. But like, they're all teaching their own thing. I mean, uh, you know, I run a pretty – mine's a fighter structure. Mm. We do train kids. Uh, we do train teenagers and, all that, and ladies and all that thing as well. But my main core is I'm on fighters and yeah. – I tend to get a lot of fighters from other gyms wanting to come to you know, come into Join our program, gym, yeah. yeah, to get into the program. And so, but as I said, I won't do. That's why I now have looked at mentoring other coaches, so they can do some of the things that I do, putting to their coaches. But I, you know, again, accountability. I've got to be accountable, make sure they're doing that, and that they're also doing what I said they should that be doing as well. Your PZ stamp. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, because I mean, some of the guys train like one guy in particular, Matt McTavish. He used to train with me. He was a multiple Australian champion. Now he's opened up his own gym. He wanted to run a strike force gym, and I thought about it for a little while, and I thought, you know what? No, because he's really just taking my name and going to grow. And, and oh, it's a strike force gym. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather for him to take my name. I'd rather, I even said to him, I said, look, not yet. Do your own thing first, and try and build your own brand. That way, then you might not want to use my name. You can use your own. Yeah, you know, because if you you know you're coming off the sh- mic. Shirt tails, and I don't believe that's a good thing for you in the long run, you know. Mm. So he's agreed, but I said I will mentor you. So we mentor probably uh, two or three times a fortnight, somewhere around there. You know, he's asking me questions uh, again with my photo programs and stuff like that, how to monitor those sorts of things, you know, ask me specific questions about techniques and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, look, we bounce all the ideas off everybody. Yeah, and kind of going into with the coaching stuff too, you were mentioning you're going to Abu Dhabi. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So what's going on, Abu Dhabi? Um, my good friend who runs a the probably the best fight promotion over there, uh, Hard Knocks Fight Night. Mm. Uh, they also sponsor my gym with uh, gloves and bags and all sorts of things. Is that the one that Kevin was just at with WBC, where it's like outdoors? That's it. Yeah, yeah. that was a beautiful setup with the city in the background. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. So Matt's um, now on board with the WBC, and because I usually referee, I don't, I won't judge. I referee. Um, <laughs> And they're because they're new to the sport. Most of them come from uh, MMA background, mm-hmm. so they don't understand the rules of Muay Thai when it comes as such. So I've got a, well, I've got a PowerPoint coming from Kevin Noonan from the WBC, and I'm going to coach their judges and referees on how to become judges how to work and, re- in the, and how to work yeah. in the environment. You know, so you know, so there's no not going to be any one side because oh. She trains with us. She won. She won. So there'll be yeah. none of that. So hopefully there'll be none of that. That's, so that's the goal is to have the sanctioning. So they have the sanctioning. Yeah. So he's gone with the WBC. So I'm virtually over there working for the WBC. Nice. Coaching their uh, referees and judges. Awesome. Plus yeah. also taking a fighter over there. That stuff is so important too. Like we were just in uh, Arizona yeah. and there's some of the, like for the Muay Thai organization that's over there. Yeah. And the people from the state from the boxing commission came in because they have some pro Muay Thai shows coming up yeah. and they have new officials. Okay. They've never done it. Yeah. And we're talking about like liniment. They're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, it's completely different, man. What are you doing? It's completely different. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about like difference between like hooking and sweeping and, yeah. you know, like how we get them to understand what's yeah. going on. Well, see, well, I'm a big advocate, as I said before, like, you know, you coach fighters, you go to Thailand, you be coached by coaches. Mm-hmm. Who coaches referees and judges? Uh, you get to find a mentor. That's exactly right. They, they, but they don't really. They, they'll do a course and they become um, a referee or a judge. They pay their $150 so I get a shirt, say that a W. They may not have done Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. But I've always believed that, you know, what we should do, even if I forget the sanctioning WMC or yeah, WMC, yeah, it should be, okay, we've got 40 judges in our region. These 40 judges are the only ones we're going to work with. 
And every two months, they should have a, a Zoom meeting and update skills, pass on other knowledge, and also be reassessed. And then, then, then they'll put up, say, a short video of a fight, and they're going to say, okay, what you all score this. I want to see what you scored. How did you come to that conclusion for that to be that round? Yeah. And so I believe that's what should happen, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, that's a, there's a couple of organizations. There's a, the one that's in Arizona. They've, every two months, we yep. do stuff. If there's a decision or a weird thing that happened, yep. like we're on a Zoom call the next week. Yeah, there you they go. To so go through it. Yeah, there's the, people the, that are doing that now. Yeah, not in Australia. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. The infrastructure. Well, look, some are doing it, uh-huh. but yeah, I, I believe it's a monetary thing because mm-hmm. WMC, they were you know, doing a course and it costs $150, you get a shirt, and then each region they'd go to, they'd get 30 people there, and so they'd make good money. So rather than that, I thought, well, hang on, you've already got 10 guys in there. Why don't you just work with that 10? And develop them. And develop them further. Rather than, but, you know, it's all about getting money, the money, yeah. unfortunately. So I, I don't believe that's a good thing, but now, so you're doing it here in Arizona, which is, I'm not sure how many states across is that. Yeah, it's just the next one over. Next yeah. one over. That's a good thing. So yeah. if they're working in that group, so that way then when I go to a fight show, if you go, okay, who's on board? <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Right. You need to do this a little bit both. So he likes boxing a little bit more or, or he likes that, you know. You just know what the judges, you know, you know what they're looking for because you go to a fight show and even at my fight show, I have the same judges each time. So what we do with the group of uh, guys, so once they've all weighed in, I'll get the coaches and the fighters to come and they'll talk to the head judge. Mm-hmm. And the head judge will say, okay, this is what we Are judge on today, and this yeah. is what we're looking for and this is what we're going to put, base our opinions on. Um, and if you have any problems now, please put your hand up and let me know. Yeah. No, nope. everyone goes, no, we know what you're looking for. So that's well, working. That's where we have to fight. That's how we have to that's fight. That's how yeah. we have to fight, you know. So, But then you'll go to some places and you'll think, Hang on, man. My fighter clearly won the fight. Fight. You've got two judges given at 47, 48 against us, and he's got 45 uh, to 50 against us. Something's wrong here. So, you know, there's a yeah, problem there. So the inconsistencies, uh, you know, they're not, not uh, adhered to quite quickly. It so. makes me happy to understand that we're, the US is the only place that has this. Problem. No, no, it, it happens. Yeah, it, yeah. it happens. Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, I always told my fighter, as you probably do. Don't leave it to the judges. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, simple it's, as that. It's always, yeah, it's always better when you don't leave it to the judges. Make it clear. Yeah, and if he's not getting up or she's not getting up, you've not left it to the judges, so you've won. So and they can't take away. But so that's where our problem lies. I believe that's where the problem lies. The infrastructure of refereeing and judging, especially in Australia, it's not. Um, it's more prolific to be a fighter mm. rather yeah, than being a referee. Yeah, referee. or a coach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I want to be a Muay Thai judge. You know, you can be a soccer referee and things, but, but to be a Muay Thai, they don't get paid a great deal. They do get abused, you know. Oh, yeah. If you, what, you fucking, you know, my, my fighter once clearly won the fight. How could you, you know, hang on, man. Be, be calm, be calm, relax. Just talk via a newsletter later on. If you've got a grievance, let them know. But don't come up to at a fight show, when they're refereeing and judging, because all of a sudden that judge then starts to become a little bit, oh, shoot, a little yeah. bit of anxiety sets in. So, yeah, so most people can understand that sort of thing. But look, we're in the heat of the moment, we've all, I haven't done it. I've gone close to doing it, I'm not going to lie, but I've never run up to a judging table and said, well, hang on, hang on, how'd you score that? It's just the infrastructure's got to change. Once that starts to become a lot more, like you go to Thailand. When people can understand the judging in Thailand, because some people don't understand how to, because oh, yeah. when you think, oh, he's won that. No, no. he hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't. You know, ah, oh, why? And then, then they'll explain it to you. And you think, 
right, but then you that's right, but then you're looking up there, and then the judge and all the gamblers are think, ah, oh, okay. So then you can understand the judging criteria. But most times you can go to a stadium, and each judge will, it'll be 46, 48, 46, 48, 46, 48. Winner, sit down. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They'll get it right. They'll get it right. Yeah, it's very good. I, you know, we were talking about uh, TV Channel Seven. So yeah, I was there one time when the. And the score was not correct. Yeah, and the gamblers were very much pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And I thought there was bad. Is like that when Matthias right? fought? No, this was um, this is like in 2010. Okay. Yeah, 2010. It was like my second time there. Yeah. And they came back in, so they declared the winner red corner. Yeah. Everybody freaked out. Blue corner obviously won. Yeah. And so they came back in. The, the fighters left the ring. Yeah. And the chairman of the ring came in, was trying to like, calm everybody down. Yeah, he called the fighters back in from the dressing room mm. and declared it a draw. Oh, okay. It was the it was the weird yeah, 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 yeah. to see that. I've happen. seen it. I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. I've seen it. I happened. I'm not actually happened when Topic fought. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's American too. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. And he American was for the for the title, and he clearly won the fight, mm-hmm. and they gave it to the. Uh, I remember seeing. It, yeah, yeah, I saw and that. And then they they got a rematch straight away, and they ended up winning. So I mean, you can write the wrong, but you know. As we all know, it because it's it's a Thai judge, a Thai fighter in Thailand. You Regardless, really have to yeah. do something pretty special to win that fight to take it away from them. You know, especially yeah. when it's a title belt too. Well, they don't talking, like giving away their belts. No, especially <laughs> unless it's a Patong belt or, or, or something. Yeah, something like the tourist place. Yeah, yeah tour, more touristy not, places. Not in Bangkok. Well, the same thing like in China too. Yep. Yeah, for like you guys, we were talking about China. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's like a, the same thing. You have to be pretty definitive that you won. I've seen yep. weird stuff like oh, where they're yeah. helping the, the referees helping the guy up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, seen that in China. Actually, I've seen that in China too. Then you're like, and wait, Hong what's Kong? going on? Same and they called a timeout when he got knocked down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Or yeah, he's he's just gone time and helped him up. Come up. Yeah. Then he begins to count. What? What's going on here? Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and yeah. I, it, it makes you wonder: is like, are they just that like the same thing with the lack of structure and officiating? You think? Yeah, look, I, yeah. Again, it gets back to it, accountability. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm the promoter, I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. But in places like China and that, I mean, you can see that, that you know, the, we're looking for the promoter when a decision's going on like that. They're nowhere to be seen. Yeah, you know, they know it's going to happen. I mean, you know, they, they really don't want to see their fighters get beaten. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like anywhere. I mean, I don't want to see my fighters get beaten on my my show. But uh, you know, myself and my promoter that uh, we work together. If it's a close fight against my fighter, and if I, you know, and my fighter has to clearly win for it to be a definitive decision, or I'm going to make sure that the other person gets that decision. You know? mm. I don't want to be known as oh, don't go on their show because they're going to make sure that their fighters always win. You know, and I yeah. don't like that. Yeah. I'll be known as that. If you're you're a, you're you're a fighter's own harshest critic. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 It's it's like uh, I tell people like I'm like I can referee you guys like yeah. at, like some of the stuff but I'm like judging I'll be biased no matter what because yeah. if they would win I'd probably actually go for the other guy <laughs> yeah yeah because I'm so biased yeah. Like, yeah. On that, you know because I know it's like I overcompensate yeah uh, like with the officials and stuff like that <laughs> for like a older generation like maybe people that get into Muay Thai later mm-hmm. as like an opportunity for them to be involved in a way in the sport. Yeah, definitely. But as I said, you know, they need to be skills need to be updated. It, it's yeah. like if you're a surgeon, you don't just do one brain and then you think you're the best. You, no, you no, keep updating yeah, your skills all the time. It, yeah. You know, um, to be a coach, as we spoke about, to me, you know, I'm proud to be a sports coach. I went and did a bachelor of sports coaching to be a sports coach to, to understand the psychology of your fighter better. So why shouldn't referees and judges do the same thing? You know, mm-hmm. it, to me, it should be. You know, they, they 
you know, I'm not sure if they get paid here, but in Australia they get paid, mm. you know, and to me, getting paid makes it a profession. You're accountable to make sure those decisions are correct. Yeah. And that's what I believe, you know, so to update their skills constantly, you know, it should be, yeah. definitely. And I, I agree. So, like, the state uh, here, like, the state for professional, this is where it's just scary. I've been in the commission meetings when my time trainer was the one that was responsible for training them. Mm. And he was talking about how to handle the clinch and how you have to be closer. These guys come from boxing. He's like, but they're supposed to obey my command. I shouldn't have to put my hands on them. It's like, no. <laughs> they, and, but this is where it's good is the old commissioner back then who's now up in Washington State mm. said, hey, guys, you got to put your donuts down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to be in shape if you're going to do Muay Thai, if you want to work a Muay Thai event because it's a different sport. Yeah. And people have to understand this when they come into it. Yeah. And um, when it comes into updating the credentials, though, there's some people that I would see come into these meetings that need it the most. Yeah. But they're, like, tenured. They've been around so long. Yeah. No one ever had, like, the they, – they couldn't say, hey, you know, you need to learn this shit because they're, like, yep. below them in yep. boxing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was it was it sucked to see. Yeah. And then you would see this fight happen, like, live fight or these other promotions. Yeah. And people were like, what happened? Mm. Take care, Carlos. See you, man. Yeah, they would be like – why is it like this? Oh, it's yeah. the promoter. But here, the promoter doesn't have any say in who comes and works at the event. It's all the... No, all it was the same in, yeah. in our... Um, see, but I'm smart because, <laughs> because my show is not run by any sanction. Uh-huh. I just do a promotion. Uh-huh. So what that means is I can get the best judges f- that I believe... And that's allowed like, from legally one, or... Well, no one told me I can't do it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, so but doing people, it. But... but Eventually, I'd like to go with the sanctioning body because I obviously want to get my boys' belts on. Yeah, much yeah. more professional. But I've got the best judges. You know, I've got a good one from WMC. I've got a good one from WBC. Oh. And I've got one from WKB. So I've got three best judges, I believe. In, in And everyone knows, oh, yes, yes, yes. We know how to fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that way, then there's nothing, you know, it unjust. It's going to be consistent. And a prime example, okay, my fighter was fighting this guy from another gym and in round two my fighter was dominating this guy but got hit with a spinning elbow dropped my fighter right now here's a good one now they got back up and my fighter continued on and still continued belting this guy mm. and it's because of the three round fight now everyone thought well hang on that should have been either a draw or the other guy should have won i thought why'd you say that so i went and looked at all the scorecard every judge had it then back to a nine nine round because if my fighter was dominating and puts him down, it's not a 10 8 round. If my fighter was getting belted and then got put down, then it's a 10 8 round. Mm. But my fighter was winning. But each judge had exactly the same thing. No, your ju- your fighter was winning the round. He got put down with an elbow. So now instead of being you know, a 10 8 round for the other guy, it becomes a drawn round. Yeah, yeah. and that's how it should be, and that's how it's in Thailand. So, but each judge had exactly the same score. So my my fighter still won the fight. He won Damn, the that, those those are good judges. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's one of those things. Those are the decisions that get fucked up a lot. A lot, man. A lot. People think, oh, as soon as you get put down, it's it's automatically ten eight rounds. But hang on, if you're getting belted or you, your fighter was dominating and gets put down, it's null and void. Yeah, but the other guy basically won back. Like, yeah, you know, yeah basically boys, Put it, put it back. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but if he was dominating and then put your fighter down, then definitely 10-8 round, yeah. 100%. So people and people started questioning it. Then they thought, well, hang on. Then when we explained it to everybody, because actually the, one of the commentators actually mentioned it, and everyone sort of thought, oh, oh yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, now we understand. So people started on education. Mm-hmm. That's where the problem lies, the education of the coaches, education of the referees and judges. At the end of the day, it's a martial art. Yeah. And that's the thing is art also because people will say, well, what score is like, how is it judged? Yeah. Because you're like, you're not scoring. Oh, that's a point. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you're judging yep. this art that's happening in the ring. Well, a prime yeah. example, as I said, like when Chad fought, he fought a stadium fighter. Now, we're both not, we're yes, talking stadium. stadium fighters. They don't start round one to get round five. They start round three and four, and they believe once they win, they, if they win, win round four, they've won the fight. Yes. Now, this guy, and I knew that P.K. Sanchez would do exactly that. They didn't do their homework, and that's what I believe. You know, to me, I think it was their detriment. I did a lot of homework, as did Chad. I'm thinking, well, hang on, this guy only fights in the stadiums, and this is how he fights. So he's not going to be used to someone coming on to him first straight up. And it was good. So, and we were told at the beginning by WBC that they all said that WBC will score Nung Song Sam Si every round, not you know Sam Si and Ha. You know, yeah. so it was good. It was really good to see. So he, yeah, he got dominated for that particular reason. Yeah, and that's uh, like you said, doing homework. You got to you got to research man. and the education of it. And like it's uh, people that are used to this style of judging, they go yeah. fight in stadiums and they wonder why the hell they lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, exactly. but it's like it's like, hey, you're playing the same yeah. game but just slightly different judging yeah. criteria. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but you don't learn that unless you're going to Thailand and you're yep. bringing people over there. You're actively asking questions. Yeah. You can speak some Thai or you know somebody that can explain it yeah. to you or a camp like yeah. you've been having a relationship with Eminent Air for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, with like you know you're saying you were the only Muay Thai gym in the air when you first started like that's, yeah. that's like us here yeah so we're like, we're like where you're at like 20 years ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 30 but, years ago but, yeah but so if people start coming it's good it's yeah. what you want you want growth yes you know I don't care if there's someone down kilometer no, it just makes me keep my pencil sharper mm-hmm. to make sure that my students are getting the right attention attention to detail doing the right thing exactly uh, because you, your students are a reflection of you yes so if you've got a student punching like that someone goes where's he from you go well he's from you know just from around the corner place. yeah, 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 yeah. They, they look and they're like oh yeah so but if you're training correctly I mean, that's up to you and it's up to your coaches. That's why, you know, everyone's accountable in my gym. As I said, we have coaching programs for that specific reason. That's, you know? that's great. You know, and, uh, you know, just from talking about it with you, I was like, yeah. like seeing it because we have like something that's based like that. Yeah. But then your stuff had like, literally it was the next level, but it's because yeah. you have another, you know, 35 years of experience <laughs> yeah. on it, right? Yeah. So like for me, it's cool to like hear that from somebody who's been doing it that long because there's not a yeah. lot of resources no. that are like that. No. So I definitely, um, I'm glad to hear that you're like, passing on through these courses and stuff like oh, that look, other people. Back in the early days, like he, George would know, we got our information. I'd get, Tim would send me magazines from Thailand yeah. and, like, and you couldn't read a word of it. You'd look at the pictures and you go, Ooh, right. there. And then we get the old VHS or old beta videos, yes. and you plug them in, and it'll be all grainy fights. You think, oh man! And I've got I've got fight videos that I reckon I've watched hundreds of times just to replay, replay, oh, replay that kick, oh, that kick, that right. That's what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how I learned my way. You know, and then going over there just to reiterate that point, they were making sure that I was doing the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. which is good. You know. And it's uh, for us, it was like the same thing, but we had the, the video CDs. Ah, see. So yeah, the video CDs. It wasn't a DVD player. Modern technology. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. But now everybody's got YouTube and stuff. And Man, everyone's wow. got YouTube channel. Man, they're on their phones. They've got their phones set up in the corner while they're doing pad rounds. You're thinking, what? They were back in the day, yeah, back in the nineties. They wouldn't allow that to happen. No, they'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. But yeah, so it's now that it's very easily accessible. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's where. I, but when people ask me where I watch it, I'm like. Like, do you know what the internet is? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you're younger than me. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just, just watching them on the phone, you know, just sit there. I mean, I, I would watch probably upward of 
four to six hours of Muay Thai fights a week. You know, when I, when I finish in the morning, I go home. Sometimes I watch fights. And it's obviously for research for my mm. fighters and that as well. Or just fights. Everyone said, oh, you should have seen this fight. Yeah, you watch this. Watch this fight, you know. And you watch. Oh, geez, how are you getting me back? So I just, you know, it's good. You know, you can pause, look at it. Start writing down a few little points, you know, just so I can start working those things myself. Because, you know, education, as you know, I mean, if you think you know it all, get out of the sport. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm learning, I learn off my students, as you do, and my fighters yeah, as well, you know. Off everybody. You know, because, you know, you like, prime examples, you can go to certain gyms, even in Bangkok, if you go to, say, Sipmon Chai, you know, they're going to be big punches and low kickers. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're short, tall, all right? I don't believe in that. You know, if I've got somebody that's short and tall, I want, you know, if someone who's six foot three, I'm not going to teach them to do that. I want to get them to go jab, step up me, you know, mm. or teeth and use that along. So I try to work with the body structures that we've got. So there's no real, but we do, you know, cl- clinching is probably what we're known mainly for. But it's, it's probably one of the things that most Western gyms lack in too. I feel. Yeah. Like with uh, clinching, so it's, it's smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Just in, in it's a, Look, you can get someone that can punch and kick really good, but as soon as you can wrap hold of their neck, man, you know, I've seen guys that weigh 48 to 50 kilos grab hold of my neck and think, ooh, let go, man, you heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get a massage later, they're closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you think, how am I getting him off? So there's there's levels to this sport, you know, of the art, you know, there is big levels to it. And a lot of gyms, especially in our area, we know if we're fighting a certain gym, uh, we can go, okay, we're going to clinch, get in there and clinch, just get in there and clinch, lock on, you know, he's going to throw big bombs, just get in there, lock him in, walk through with your long guard, lock on, and go to work, you know, yeah, you got it. Go and as soon as they start to push, oh, get off me, and things like that, you think, get, got it. It's like you know? the... the- there's like the international sign of I don't know how to clinch is like That's, yeah, 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 the yeah, hips yeah. back and the their hands, hands come, are yeah. kinds come they down pull, or they're trying to pull away like that yeah they really try to dip their head down <laughs> yeah. like, hey. yep that's, that's like no man's land man. yep, yep, yeah you yep, die yep. literally yeah. but clinching is a different art it's yeah. you know yeah. you're either good at it or you're not and we'd like to be good at it. You yeah, know? it's 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 part of the sport. It is, you know, like most nights. As I said, my my fighters will probably get in there. Obviously, you go for their run. They come in do shadow, a few minutes, and then they're usually doing five threes on the bag, five threes on the pads, and then they'll clinch for twenty to thirty. But on on, on a Friday afternoon, we do nothing but clinch. Mm. It'll be an hour of clinching and Dutch drills. Nice. Yeah, just to break so, up a bit. Yeah, but you, they, you just focus heavy on clinching, then do some programming. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. So it's like uh, the recipe is interesting. You mentioned the integration of Dutch drills and stuff yep. like that too. Like how often is somebody at, that's in like a development, like you were talking about teens, like if they're like, yeah, I want to compete, how yep. often are they competing? Um, in an ideal situation. In an ideal situation, yeah, <clears throat> I would say between eight to ten times a year um, because, you know, again, they've got all these little abnormalities in there, being school work and things like that. Having, Much less being a teenager. Yeah, and being a teenager, <laughs> they're not going to be in the gym all the time. They're going to be, you know, or they've discovered girls or, or vice versa. They've discovered boys, you yeah. know, and you think, oh, I've got somebody here and also my, my girlfriend. I've oh, got a girlfriend, you know. So, yeah, look, if I get somebody good like eight to ten times you, it would be comfortable for them. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't say, say any more than that. And then you'll know, you know, as they get older, do they want to do a little bit more? Because I said, I'm an, I'm not a pusher. I, I don't like to push people into the sport. And they, they'll get get a hunger for it themselves or they won't. Mm. Hey, guys. This is Ed's wife, Luis. This is Dr. Hello. So this is Mark. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes. Mm. So, uh, with like going back on to that, yep. with uh, your your fighters and like the for the teens, yeah. 
being able to fight like you said eight ten times a year mm-hmm. so then for like uh your professional fighters mm-hmm. who are like entry-level professional fighters yep like um and it, let's say entry-level professional fighters they start fighting professional they're mm-hmm. doing this full-time yep how often does it, would you want them competing Okay, now that depends on how well they recover from each fight. Because mm-hmm. as you know, once you take the pads off, yeah, it's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, injuries. Okay, prime example: Chad fought. I think he fought in May, August, September, October, November, and December. Virtually four weeks apart. Now some of them were lucky because we'd fly to Japan and that'd be a K1 fight, kickboxing mm-hmm. fight. And then, which means he didn't have to worry about his knee, so we changed the whole structure of his fight plan. So if he had a banged up right leg, which is what he's got now from when he fought when he fought um, in November for the world title, he got banged up. Even yeah. though he won the fight comfortably, he was the Thai yeah, boy. Yeah. The Thai boy throws big kicks, mm. so he was checking kicks, and then he vice versa, bringing them up. So he got a really uh, banged up uh, top right shin. So when he fought in Japan three weeks later, he did not throw his right kick. He threw his left leg only and hands, and the volume was ridiculous. The amount, it was like it was nonstop, like bam, bam, bam. At one point, he looked at me when he's hitting this gentleman, and he's going, what do you want me to do now? I'm going, I'm going to look at him and continue. Yeah. But not once did he throw his right leg. It was all left leg stuff, so he kept him uh, But he's got a very good fight IQ. He knows what yeah, to do and when to do it. That's a very high fight IQ, yeah. you know, to adjust like that yeah. at a high level <clears throat> yeah. into a different sport. So every time I'll make to throw a low kick, he would cross-check it, and normally we frown upon cross-checking, mm. you know, from the back. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not proper. That's not yeah. proper, you know. So, but yeah, it's it's to their own. Yeah, it made it happen. Mm. It's really amazing to see like what you're doing with your team and stuff like that too. Because I've been Thank following you. you guys since like uh, I think just before like COVID stuff. Okay, I've been mm. following you guys' team and yeah. how it's grown and yeah. uh, then running and having the pleasure of running to you in Bangkok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah as luck would have it, I'm going to be in your town, Jim. What the hell? All right, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what brings you out here to like uh? You know, Ventura County. Okay, well, I've got a really good friend, Ash Day, who, um, who owns a weed farm here. It's uh, legal here in, in America. It's not legal in Australia. Yeah. Um, and we've known each other through Muay Thai for about 30 years. He's trained me in the early days. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay, so, okay. Yeah, that's, that's how you guys That's how we know each other. Right. So he trained me um, for a couple of years, uh, both young at the time. And then he went off and did his thing, but we kept in contact every now and again. He'd come back and he'd do a lesson with me, and then he'd be gone again. He'd be in Japan and he'd come back and do another lesson with me. So we touched fully again in about 2018, really connected. Mm. And then we came over in 2019 to have a look at uh, bringing some fighters over here to see if we could get in. But as I said, we had to Michigan, right? Went to Michigan, yeah. um, but we, you know, people were nothing. It was all boxing commission. They had no idea about the laws of Muay Thai and regulations yeah. or anything like that sort of thing. And then I could, you know, my solicitor said the same thing. She couldn't see anything changing fast. So, and it's obviously still <laughs> at the same point. Um, but look, hopefully one day um, we'll be able to bring a team over here to fight and so yeah. forth. It would be really, really good because uh, you can just see that. You know, especially in the last two to three years, that the, the American Muay Thai starting to grow, yeah. which, is, which is really good to see. Yeah, you know? it's, it's to see the, and I think that comes into accessibility of education. Sure, and be, people being able to see, like we're talking about these uh, shows at like Roger Dunnone and Lumpini. Sure, where it's like now the Western audience, it's easier for them to see it. Sure, and they're starting yeah. to see the path a little. Bit yeah, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and that, that's like the pro of, of that, like you're saying, you guys have yeah. more opportunities. Yeah, that. it's opportunities, you yeah. know, and, and people want that sort of thing. Like, you know, back when I was first training, you wouldn't get that. You'd be in a country stadium somewhere 
Whereas now you can get guys that have had 13 fights uh, go to a good gym and train and get that corp to fight on, on a promotion like Fetex like promotion. So it's, you know, it's made it accessible for them, um, which has helped him get more sponsors, uh, which is now he's going back to Thailand for six months. So, you know, and he's a physiotherapist, so he, he will get work anywhere anyway. Yeah. But, you know, the, the growth of that young man, it was, it's phenomenal in 12 months because of he had the opportunity to be at Eminent Air and then to be on the Fairtex Fight promotion and then to be asked back on the Fairtex Fight promotion. It was um, you know, And now pretty, they're doing the Road to One. Road to One, it's yeah. A good, it's good. Like, you know, you can see. With there, the there's, path, there's pathways, you know, and that's what – it's like, you know, as a coach, what was my pathway, you know, did I – you know, my gym mantra for this year was um, you know, my vision was to be um, number one gym again. And as I said, I want everyone to believe. So what's your vision? To dominate. What's the end goal? To be number one. So that's the mantra on the wall in my gym at the present stage. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. But, uh, you know, we, we got gym of the year uh, last year. So, I mean, there's only one way I can go. I can either stay there or I'm going to go back downwards. Yeah. So, we really want to uh, dominate again, and you know, that, that, that's what we want to do. So, yeah, well, you know, we want to set the standards that everyone else, you know, oh, you know, we get other fighters that want to come down and do rounds with our, my fighters for that particular reason. We want to be like these guys. We want to be strong and hard like these guys. So, you know, I'll always open my doors because I believe if you know, like, it's not a secret. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, okay. Prime example: if you wanted to go and play football here you can't yeah. go and train with the LA Rams yeah you know, you'd be no, uh, yeah, no you can't come in but yeah. I can go and train with Sancho and Sancho could be doing pads beside me or yeah. he'll clinch with me you know what I mean it's one of the only sport in the world where you get the pinnacle training with the not so with the day one the day one exactly day one and person. that's what's so accessible about the sport let's you know it's no secret I want people to get better in the sport because if that get better we get more people to the show. My fighters will improve means we get more opportunities overseas, interstate, and things like that. So that's it, again, it's educating my fighters and coaches to get to that level and helping other fighters do the same thing. You know? Yeah, the, to see that kind of come up, we do a lot of that too. We have to. Yeah, you know, it's like I need a sparring partner that's this size. Man, we don't have anybody like that. Yeah. Oh, we have our friend that's down to LA. Hey, we'll go drive down to LA. Yeah. Or hey, do you guys want to come mm. to the beach for the day on a well, Saturday? Well, if you have a look at my gym on a Saturday morning, uh, like my gym. Full. It's full. Yeah, and I've, I've got, seen your videos. Before. Yeah, the, the lives. It's like sometimes I've got you know five or six different gyms. Yeah, can we come down? Yeah, how many are you bringing? I've got two. Next thing they're rocked up with eight. Oh god. <laughs> you know, so I try and keep the pinnacle in the big ring. I have three three groups now, and one to the side ring. But the rest of them, rest of the people will be just doing you know, all right. Fun with fighting. <laughs> yeah, 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 fighting somebody, but also watching who's behind them and beside them as well. So yeah, <clears throat> but. Um, Kind of going into what you're saying about wanting to be voted number one, yeah, Jim again, coach. Um, what do you think that's going to take? Um, okay, there, right? okay. That's I'm, really get, good... I'm getting fucking motivated talking to you. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, uh, one, it's you got to be motivated. I, I, I have to be motivated because every time I walk into my gym, it doesn't matter what's happening outside. As soon as I walk through that door and open that door. I've got to put the game face on because <clears throat> it rubs off on me to my fighters and so forth. So if I come in with a high positive motivating attitude, they're going to have it as well. So they're going to want to train harder. And some of the guys that are in the gym, you know, like I'm a big believer of, you know, I don't have a numero uno fighter. Mm. You're all as far Same, as I can, yeah. you're all the same. So I've got Chad Collins helping someone that's had three fights out. 
I've got Jade Ninoid is helping a female, you know, in the clinch and things like that. So everyone gets around, but they all get their attention as well. So does it rub off? I believe it rubs off. So if I can get everyone on the same mindset, and the mindset's the key. If they've got a powerful, strong, believable mindset, because I know you might want it, but mm. do you really believe you can get it? Yeah. So if you can match your beliefs and your wants together, and you know, and I like people to walk in the look, I've seen them at times. You know, they walk in from work, and you can see a sullen look in their face, and I go, "Whoop, hang on, come here, come here, what's wrong?" Okay, listen, either do one of two things: put the game face on, or get out that door, because we're we're all everyone here is positive. So it's all about the positive mindset. Yeah, so you cash out the door too, huh? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's it's one of those things that. I'm, Good at picking that straight away. Even if they don't and they put on a smile, I can tell by body language and think, hang on, we've had a bad day over here, we've had a go. And to be honest, it's usually, a, <laughs> I won't throw names out because that someone yeah, might yeah, listen to for sure, for sure. But, you know, I'll, I can pick it straight away. I'll either, I won't work with them and get another coach to work with them or I'll just make sure that I've nutted it quite quickly. You know? Yeah, and, and, it's important, to, especially it's like uh, from the rest of your team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, you you had to protect the team. From no, because I said, I, I put that up I put that up on January 2. I walked into the gym and said, you know, vision for 2023 was to dominate. End goal, to be number one. So that's not only for me, that's for them as well. So they've got to look at that and think, okay, well, if the coach is thinking, I've got to be thinking like that. And that's what I want them to do. I mean, you know, it's a, you know we go to a fight show and say, I don't want my fighter sitting at the back just blazing around waiting for fun. Man, I want some, I want motivation. I want people talking. I want giving positive affirmations, giving it to him, you know. I want him to believe that he can do what he wants, mm-hmm. you know, because if once you can match, as I said, the beliefs and wants together, man, anything can happen. No, that's it, that goes into a lot of like the performance and stuff too. Like yep. you were saying, like you know, you went to school for coaching. Yeah, you know, yep. and uh, stuff that took me a lot. Like you're saying, a lot of stuff that like ticks the boxes yep. on when you think about the mental prep for a fighter. Yeah, right. And a lot of people miss that. Well, I've got well, we got certain KPIs, key performance indicators, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, that we work with to make sure that you know you walk into your gym, and if I can spot that thing, that the indicators, that's a Prime example, if I can see bot that and get onto that quickly, they're not going to get in there and part. It's, it's, it's toxicity. Mm. And if that spreads into the next person, oh, you're having a bad night, oh, I don't want to clinch you, go away. You know, it's not what we're about. You know, um, it, you know, because if you've got an elite fight team uh, and they start doing things like that, you want positivity. And yeah, I look at that. a lot of other coaches from other sports, like from basketball, and, and I'm actually reading, I've got an audio book now by a very good rugby coach. Eddie Jones um, from Australia, and he talks about how he watches and listens from other coaches just to get pick up ideas, not necessarily on how to train the fighter, but or, or, or what they're doing in their sport, but how to be a coach, how to understand, and these things are good. I mean, I mean, I just started reading one. We think about coaching books. My friend uh, recommended it to me. It's called The Art and Science of Running by Jack Daniels. Okay, yeah, he's a PhD. Funny name, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's, a, it's the same thing. He talks about like the art and science and motivation, how to approach everyone yeah. to having a hard day and yeah. how to work around that and the positivity. Because, I mean, too. anybody can hold pads. Yeah. To be able to be a coach, you've got to understand what you fight or how they work, how the, what they like, what they don't like. And if I send them walk through the door and there's something not quite right, I've got so to... You just got in a fight with your wife at home, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah you can... <laughs> or you had can a bad day at work. Yeah. Or, you know, one of them you know, might be late getting home from work and got into the gym three quarters of an hour late, you know. You, know, you can just see the anxious, uh, not happy. You think, well, hang on, I've got to attend to this. If I don't attend to it, it's going to spread. And that's not what we're about. You know, you've got to, it's all about positive and that mindset. It's, it's the key. It's 100% the key. For sure. Well, um, 
kind of wrapping things up. You yeah. know, we covered a lot in our, yeah. our 45 minutes. That's why I was like, wait, we just need to pull the mic out, man. Um, you know, how can people find you? Um, um, we're on Instagram at Strikeforce. I think it's Strikeforce Muay Thai Australia on Instagram. I'll, yeah, I'll make sure to find it, put it in the show notes. Yeah, and, like and um, we're on Facebook as well. Uh, but we also do promotions for Good Fight Promotions as well, and that's uh, War on the Shore. War on the Shore. Yeah, in Australia as well, so. Yeah, you were saying your first one was in 2001. I think it was – it might have been a little bit earlier. It might have been a bit earlier. I think it might have been, been a little like... bit earlier. So I think we've done about 25 shows in total. Nice. Um, but I've – as I said before, I'm a big believer – you know, we go to too many shows that are in basketball stadiums or little RSL. So they're not really – even though it might be a fantastic fight card, it doesn't really have that presence. So we've gone to the casino and we've got – you know, we sell packages, you know, like big tables with great three-course meals so you can take your family out to dinner, watch some good fights and stay in the casino if they're not going to a show afterwards and stay there for the evening and then wake up and have breakfast there. So yeah, they don't have to go anywhere. to relax so, on vacation yeah. on top. So, yeah, just taking it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. The, <clears throat> you were telling me a little bit about that and I think it's amazing that you're doing that because then it really kind of normalizes that as like part of the entertainment for the weekend. Well, I can yeah. sell better packages to sponsors that way too. Yes. Yeah, they, they like that too, right? They love it, man. Yeah, they're they doing 100%. 100%. Well, awesome. Well, I really appreciate the time. Mate, no problem and at all. Georgia, thanks for letting us take the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure you're, I was like, hey, yeah. I think it'll be a little bit. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. That's all right, man. No problems at all. All right, that's it today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys are listening on iTunes, please go leave a review. It means the world to me if you enjoy the content, if you like hearing about all stuff that has to do with Muay Thai and what we're doing. 